0: harmonious at one level, is destructive at another. This is the Yoakam Strength Podcast with me, your host, Austin Yokum. And on this episode of the podcast, we have Jack White. Jack is the owner of Attuned, a healing and performance platform where he focuses on transforming your body from a cage to a gateway. And on this episode of the podcast, Jack takes us down the rabbit holes of how he does just that, his personal story with injuries, how he views pain as a signal to be listened to, and a balance between tension and relaxation in movement. This was a legendary podcast with an even better dude, and I hope you guys get as much out of this as I did. Thank you guys for listening. Keep chopping wood. Before we hit the intro music, I wanted to introduce to you guys the Yoakam Strength Insider. The Yoakam Strength Insider is our online training platform that takes all of the ideas that we talk about on this podcast and implements them into a program that is available to you at the touch of your fingers. Our goal with the Yoakam Strength Insider is to create better movers, to level up your life, and to move forward. From where you are, we do this in a holistic fashion. Not only will you receive a program that has helped hundreds of people become better movers, you'll also receive access to our app that allows you to track everything, has video links for all exercises, and allows you to be in constant communication with a Yoakum Strength Coach. Along with this, you'll get our 30 page PDF nutrition and lifestyle guidelines that includes everything from what to eat, how much of it to eat, why we're eating it meditation habits, and other lifestyle habits that we implement with our clients to really level up their lives. If you're interested in trying out one of these programs, use Podcast 25 in the discount section right before you pay for 25% off your first program. Boom. This is the Yoakam Strength Podcast. Take the leap down the rabbit hole with us as we interview elite level guests to unravel what high performance really is. I coach, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here.
1: Thanks, man. Stoked to be here.
0: Yeah. We were just talking about uh, how I've been creeping on your page for a while and kind of checking out your journey and you, you have a pretty sweet journey. Like if somebody goes to your page, they're going to see this kind of like specimen of a human. Like that, the, I showed a couple of my athletes this morning, like who you have on a podcast. They love knowing who I have on. And I showed them that ring video of you, like doing that muscle up that twists into the muscle up on the ring is incre- incredible. Like the amount of like body and the way your body's built right now, everybody's just like, holy shit. You have the specimen of human. Uh, and, but you dive deeper into your message and it's like, you were a broken human you had the herniated disc you had the the um the the hip issues and then obviously all the mental issues that you and I were just touching on briefly before we started recording but how did we kind of go from the journey of kind of the broken individual the in broken in quotations the 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 individual that was injured the individual that was kind of a shell of themselves really not knowing themselves and getting to a point in which you are here now where like people are looking at like holy shit that body like that body's amazing. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in it. Like they'll look at you now and be like, well, he was just always like that. He's always just like been built like that and not really dive into the journey. And they, and then you kind of lose a piece of, when you get injured, you you don't really see people like that. You don't really see their journey. You just kind of see where they're at currently. And then you kind of get discouraged in yourself. And I feel like stories like yourselves are so important to kind of show people and tell people like it is possible to become a totally different human, both physically and mentally after, after a bad situation. So what what was that journey like from you how how did you first off what 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 was kind of that low point to to get to and then how did you get to where you're at now
1: well from the physical standpoint I think um it started just going to the gym with my with my mates like and it was really just to feel good about ourselves we got a bit of a pump we did some gymnastics training like a little bit of calisthenics um and It was just a chance to connect and to talk shit and also like have these kind of deep convos as well as like 16 year olds um, while we were just getting a pump and dreaming about who we'd become and all of that. So just to preface like my physical trajectory and my, my internal or my mental struggles or at least how conscious I am of what I'm struggling with hasn't been completely linear. So like the body that I have although it's changed a lot it's become like more supple and more connected and all of that i kind of built like i guess the the visual muscles and the baseline of kind of brute strength through my late teen and and probably very early 20s um but at that same time i had no awareness really of what was going on internally psychologically i would you could ask me about the different sensations in the body, and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, well, there's that was hard. That was easy. That hurts. That doesn't hurt. That feels good. Like my vocab to describe my internal was like smaller. and my brain was all about figuring out external things or ideas or things outside of me. So through that, that development, let's say it took me to like twenty. 20 around 21 since then i haven't made any crazy like strength training progress by the standards of what you would think you could if you were really like if you're a coach you know what you're doing you're training hard you're training consistently my progress has all been kind of like figuring out the part that i wasn't cultivating which is like the mind and you mentioned before like when we get injured or when we go through a struggle we have these physical treatment modalities and it's like almost in a sense, you put a cast on your arm, and then that cast gets taken off at a certain point when it's ready. But the psychological cast, this blew my mind when you were saying this. I was like, this is so fucking true. The psychological cast from things that we've been struggling with doesn't get taken off unless we go out and seek help with that, like or or dive into it ourselves. It's not, it's not part of like the training world that I came from at all. So um yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of expanded my body's abilities since those days from, from 21 or 22 to 28 now. And most of that expansion has come with mental and emotional expansion of like, who am I, why am I doing this? How can I approach it differently? And the catalyst for that was just a a back injury and like a couple of heavy emotional events, which kind of, I think, made that injury stick around longer than it should have. So yeah
0: yeah and I, and I think one of the things that i've been and i i that that psychological cast is something that i've been thinking about and i'm writing about for a bit i've been trying to work a post out of it and thinking about the right way to like formulate the thoughts there because it, it's something that with like the way i pay attention to it is it's like not like people you you have the psychological cast you put on yourself when you're injured like it, that is hard enough to like break and, and like trust yourself and, and come back like is my body able is my body able to do it and then you have it almost doubled down or recasted by the, the the people that are supposed to be healing you, the people that are supposed to be helping you with with all of the limitations, with all the things that they're putting on you. Um, and, and maybe in, in some sense, and certain times, there is a reason for that psychological. Like you can't you shouldn't move this way. You shouldn't do that. Like we're progressing, we're regressing, we're doing this. But again, it's, it's never readdressed. It, it's just you can't do those movements uh, onto the next, like, let's keep going. And now you, you, you get to a point in which the rehab's done. Um, and nobody really knows that psychological cast is put on. And the, the worst is these high school athletes where it's like the 18 year olds the 16. 18, I had mine when I was 16. It's like, I, I, I just wasn't smart enough. I had no idea. Like I had no idea what they were saying. Wasn't true. I, I had no idea. It was just an adult telling me something. I'm 16 years old. I'm like, okay, like the like, I can't move that way can't do that anymore so then I spent the next five years of not just not questioning it uh and I got more fragile and more disconnected from it but I like to pay attention to your body like being able to feel like you said it's like I just went harder like that was the only thing that I knew how to do and it was just harder and there was no internal awareness and it was harder until I got hurt and then I was just hurt for that little bit and I would just survive until i was able to go harder again and it was just a continual process of never really being connected to the body never really paying attention to anything um and that, that like you said the, the the process recently and for me I'll, i had the, the physical gains has been really nice for me because the I a lot of my internal awareness of my body has come from new explorations of movement, more gymnastic type movements, more just less like loading up the barbell as he, much as humanly possible and just like squatting and going up and down and screaming at everything like, okay, like in this roll or this flip or this uh this certain ring movement you you have to pay attention to your body because if you don't pay attention to your body you're not going to be able to do this movement at least I'm not going to be able to do this movement I'm not athletic enough to be able to do that without paying attention to it so that internal awareness I'm like wow there's like there, there's so many layers here there's so many pieces here to like just paying attention and, and drawing awareness to your body and that's something that I love that that you kind of do and one of the things that you you mention is so much is the ability to like the 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 power of breath and the power of posture like like those are two of the things that i feel like you mentioned a lot in your training that do focus on kind of that internal piece like do kind of bring you to pay attention to what is going on rather than what are you accomplishing how much are you lifting how high are you going but how does it feel what is the posture like what is the breath like during these motions so can you kind of touch on that aspect of things and and how you go about drawing that awareness back to your body drawing that awareness back to some of the maybe the the more minute details of your body and how, how it's moving
1: hmm. yeah man so the the breath thing and the postural thing both just came about because of pain essentially just like a shit ton of back pain from from hurting myself squatting and that was my that was the kind of first major injury that I felt I had to deal with I had like little things hips whatever I had a, a couple of little surgeries but it wasn't huge and the back pain thing really like really took the wind out of my sails um, and so to remedy that to figure that out all of the all of the sort of technique work I was seeing like online or being being guided through by coaches was this very like all right, I'm looking at this from the outside and here are the shapes your body's in and they don't seem right or they do seem right and when you're when you're making relatively good shapes with your body, like at the bottom of a squat under some load, and things still fucking hurt, <laughs> then you're like, oh no, what the hell? Like, what is wrong with me? Um, so really, it just I I had to dive into the breath, and I had to dive into posture, and the layers when he within each of those because walking around was like horrible. Like my leg, a leg would give out on me, like getting out of bed, or I'd um. I'd be stuck in this weird like reverse S curve. Like <laughs> my lung, if I was sitting down and I slumped, I'd stand up and I couldn't like move my lower back out of that slumped position. So my chest would be up, but I'd be all like janky. Um, and also, yeah, the, the, I think there's gut health layers here, which, which fuck with breathing. I think there's like nervous system regulation and how you perceive the world as threatening or safe. And that fucks with breathing. Um, and all of that is under posture too, and posture is not just what position you're in, but the the level of tension you have in that position. So that's one of the the layers of posture. So for me, I kind of just gradually, through through uh, more musculoskeletal approaches, not working the way I hoped, was was guided, I guess, by the whole problem solving process into like, oh fuck, I I don't think I really know how to breathe and connect my upper and lower body that well. I've always just taken that for granted. Like I've I've trained my upper, I've trained my lower. You know, we have like push pull upper, push, pull lower kind of shit. And maybe like if if you're being coached well, you've got something that integrates the two, or at least if the two are moving around, then it's like conscious dissociation of ribs and pelvis. Like you're you're deliberately twisting and loading that and all that. But yeah. Um, I, I had no clue how to breathe. And then I kind of figured out after like four years of just wandering around seeing different physios, different like trainers, all this shit, making some progress, getting some puzzle pieces together, that like really understanding rib and pelvis position and the mechanics of breathing and the diaphragm and the obliques and intercostals and, and all this stuff that I'm still learning about that's how you can create this like beautiful airbag of pressure which is always fluctuating even when you're walking like gentle intra-abdominal pressure all the way to like heavy loads Valsava maneuver type stuff holding your breath um and yeah like some of this stuff that flowability i can't remember his name <laughs> on insta i don't know if you've seen him um and also just like melbourne strength culture and people talking about the zone of apposition people talking about front ribs down expanding the back i think i had like a super jacked up set of ribs and and really really tight areas through my my thorax so my, my lower back was like had these big fucking back muscles popping out low down and they would just do all the work on everything all the time um so yeah that that took me into breath um And then when I started also to try and remedy, like, just being miserable and depressed from not having training as my outlet, and, like, I went through a breakup uh, with someone who I, I loved, who I was, like, friends with for a long time before we dated, and then that brought up trauma from, like, just feelings around like my dad passing away which happened in 2014 so we're talking like three years later but i obviously just trained through that shit <laughs> somehow and tried to try to like outwork my feelings um it all just came to a T, and i'm like i gotta sit i gotta breathe i gotta figure out how i'm sitting i gotta meditate i've got to figure out what physical posture i'm in where i am in space and also like what's my mental posture right now What positions or patterns am I stuck in mentally that are preventing me from healing and that are putting me back in the same situation? So that's that's how I got there.
0: There's so many good points that I want to kind of dive into. I'm going to draw you way back to start and hopefully I I get on all these points without my CTE brain forgetting. But one of the things that you said was like the squat being good, like your squat form being good, and then you still feeling like shit. Like that was one of the biggest eye openers for me. That was really one of the things that broke me out is I was squatting like perfectly. I watched my form and I blew out my back and was destroyed. And I was watching and I'm like, man, what is going on? And then I did somebody on Instagram, or I can't, I think it was probably YouTube at that time was like, well, it's just shoving your knees out. And at that time, I had a little bit of knee coming in coming out. So I was like, Okay, now it's just shoving your knees out. So I would spend the next two years just shoving my knees out. And I spent like perfected that form. And I felt even shittier, like it was even worse. So it's like, I was doing all these things that they were telling me to do. And every time I would do it, I felt worse. And I was like, Man, what is going on here? And then, like you said, you start to get in your own head. It's like, I'm broken. Like, I'm just I'm doing everything right. And right in quotations, everything that they're saying to do. And I'm just broken. I can't do it. I can't do that movement. And you really get stuck in this journey of like, okay, what can I do? And then that movement, like list kind of starts to dwindle on you and dwindle on you. And that was something that really creeped me out is like, I'm 22. And I'm my extra my movement list is dwindling. Like, that's not good. What's that look like when you're 82, man, like that? (laughs) There's no way that's a good thing. So trying to stick with that and and not not lose that and then reconnect with the body. Like it's such a scary, scary thought process, such a scary thing to go down when you have so many influencers out there just telling that, that. That's like one of the biggest things that I'm out there is like we don't understand what we're saying when we're telling people stuff. Like you tell them this this one size fix all answer is going to be you. But uh, <laughs> I guess that goes into your like break out of the shoulds and look at the what is and look at what's actually happening in front of you. Um, and paying attention one to yourself but paying attention to the athlete if you're in charge of athletes in front of you and being like okay something else is going on here. It's not just the squat you answer. It's not just shove your knees out faster. It's not you know like it's a little bit deeper and we can dive just a little bit deeper and, and like you talked about earlier like just pulling back a layer of the onion and looking at what's actually happening and you could go as deep as um talking about like their life it's weird but you can talk to your athletes about their life and seeing what's happening you can talk to your athletes about what their thought process is behind their body and uh do they think they're able to heal like do they actually think that are they holding on to the injury for some reason? um or do they ever actually feel like they're going to get back to where they want to go like if you have those mental blocks man nothing that you're saying of shoving your knees out are going to solve it but we stay so far away from it as coaches we stay as as movement teachers like we stay so far away from that and but that's that's probably where the answers lie for that athlete and you're not like what you talked about alan watts at the start of the podcast one of the things he said in a speech i was listening to yesterday is I'm not trying to change your mind with this. I am not trying to like force you to think this way. I am simply planting a seed. And if that seed blossoms for you, it'll go. And then that's something I really feel like us as coaches can do too. It's it's not that we're there to like force that athlete to change or do anything. It's like, just plant the seed, just plant the seed that they're able, plant the seed that they're able to heal, that they're able to do what they want to do, that uh, they are going to be capable of living a life full of movement and skill expression that they want to express. And once that seed is planted in that athlete, the, the the amount of changes you will see just in their everyday life and how they walk around and how they approach rehab or movement is so wild, it'll blow your mind. It, it'll it'll take everything that we talk about in sets and reps and programs and exercises out the window because that seed wasn't planted for them before.
1: Yeah, man, 100%. I, there's, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And the thing about it is, right? Yeah, maybe it, it seems slightly outside of the scope of a coach, especially like, if you're an s C and and you look at that as like, I'm a stress management expert for different parts of your body and your physical system. I want to take you from A to B and B is performance. That is awesome. That's like essential. Obviously, it's part of the game. But equally, you have this part of the game, which is like, does the human being in front of me fit the life that they're going to live if they keep thinking and behaving this way? Because there's like two examples of a professional athlete. One of them gets there and realizes that their their life internally is a fucking mess even though they can play really well and they end up falling off the rails and they probably don't have much of a backup because they haven't done a lot of introspection they've worked really fucking hard they've got where they are because of the grit and the talent and the support whatever then there's the other guy who gets there but has somehow either managed already or manages to learn quite quickly hey my mental and emotional game is going to be a big part of what enables me to to thrive in this setting and to build a life through my training and through my practice which i'm happy with as a human being and like when i talk to some older people who have kind of been around at a high level the ones i really click with are the ones who've like had the well i guess they've been lucky if they've figured it out while still playing at a really high level a lot of us get injured in whatever we're doing we, we might never make it to a to a pro standard and then we have to do it but either way i think like the human being comes first i like i i don't i don't really believe in like just strapping on more band-aids and strapping on more techniques and just like getting this this person who's like suffering on the inside to just do more of the same old shit and if that means a massive directional change in their life then so be it. That's what's right for them. Not everyone needs that. Some people can keep going on the path they're on and that's fucking sick, but other people need to really, it's like if you started climbing up the mountain with the wrong gear and you just don't have what's required to survive at the top, you shouldn't keep climbing. You should go back down, reassess and start climbing again. And that's like, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to have people derail from their program for a bit if they need to i'm happy to derail from it but obviously it's pretty hard initially to peel off that mental cast that crust of like here's how everyone else is doing it i'm no longer getting the validation of like just the validation i used to from just showing up and forcing myself into fucking slogging <laughs>
0: yeah. well then that's what we kind of we kind of ranted on before we even started it's it's like it's <laughs> like sport is is a lot of times especially in american sport it's like just this this reward for self hatred this like you're using their internal suffering as a fuel source to like go get something but like to, if you really take a step back it's like a lot of times these coaches are just using that athlete for their own benefit so you're just using another human being for your own you're squeezing out the suffering out of them so you can rise higher so you can win more games so you can do whatever you want to do because the amount of coaches that are not okay with let's say their star athlete being like hey i'm playing this because i hate myself and it's the only way i feel seen and i need to go fix that like there's i i know very few high level coaches in american football that would be all right with their star athlete just quitting because of that i do like because they're all about just grind just do more just it's like but it's like man you that's not that that's not the point like like why are they grinding like and once you get to a point and you you understand, okay, they're grinding for this reason, and that doesn't mean they have to stop grinding or stop pursuing excellence or pursuing what they want to do. But having a conversation with that athlete or having them just be aware of that, rather than just the, this continual like expression of self hatred, is something that's wild to me. And it's like the the drug instead of all these other drugs the the drug is the work the drug is the grind and th- that's what we're consuming and just like ju- junkies and druggies like where they surround themselves with other junkies and druggies we just surround ourselves with high achievers and we're rewarded for this and we're just continuing this cycle of staying away from this introspective staying away from why like staying away from who we are actually uh and that that's as bad as it is that's why injuries i feel like can be a great thing because it forces you it takes every it crashes you it takes you off the mountain it forcibly takes you off the mountain and be like hey dude no (laughs) like hey dude pay attention like this can all be taken away in a second maybe you should pay a little bit of more attention here um but if you don't have that, that a lot of like can you can go a lot of life without realizing it and I feel like I m- I myself have gone a lot of life without re- realizing it without fully realizing it the amount of times like I've been like man you got it's just like this you're, you're lazy you're not doing it you're not pushing hard enough why are you doing that instead of this like why aren't you grinding and I, I like the other day like uh it was actually on a psilocybin trip a couple months ago I was like I, I just realized I'm like because they don't have to like they they Don't hate themselves enough to like go push through that. They they don't they they feel seen where they're at. That they feel loved where they're at. Like they don't they don't have to go do those things. And I'm rewarded for not feeling seen. I'm rewarded for not feeling loved. They feel seen. They feel loved. They don't have to do it. And I feel like I'm in the right. You know, like it's it's such this backward philosophy and system of where the people that do probably have the answers. The people that do feel content with themselves are kind of put down you know like it's such a backward system
1: yeah man i uh, i think it's just backwards too because we're not good at integrating both aspects but i i don't think there's a this is a big statement because i know we're driven a lot by survival it's like it's a huge driver and if we can use that survival drive or that wanting to be seen or included drive to succeed obviously it works we've seen that it works we've both tried it a bunch of people are probably still operating on that level and it's like at least externally, it's working. But if you could do both, if you could have people who weren't subconsciously fighting themselves through life to reach whatever pinnacle they're trying to reach, if the struggle was purely an external and a practical one of how can I improve my programming? How can I beat the other team? How can I do this, this and this, but internally, there's no friction. I'm fully in and I'm like ready. I I kind of And you're driven by this sense of purpose and you know why you're playing the game, you know why you want to win. And it's deeper than just because I'm really fucking scared of losing. Mm -hmm. Then you can, I think you can have your cake and eat it too. I think you can be at a really high level. I think you can feel really fulfilled and you can also set an example to those around you and to your culture at large who idolizes you as an athlete or as someone who represents this pinnacle of like what the human body can do. Hey, this is what we can be guys. And then you're actually making a change that, that, that is good for the world. You're not just like fulfilling more of that same old toxic pattern um, of chase the thing. When you get the thing, you'll be happy. And then fuck, I oh know I'm not happy. Now I've got everything I ever wanted. There's nothing more to want. So how can I be happy now? Like, fuck, that's a pit to be in, bro. Can you imagine? Like <laughs> one, of my, one of my teachers said like, if you're not careful, the day you get a one arm handstand could be a really bad day. Mm. Like, it's good, but then you get it and you're like, oh, all right. Well, that's it. <laughs>
0: That that point I, I talk about that all the time too it's like the um in, in college was probably the most I was driven in that sense of like just a self-hatred like fear of losing um fear of looking like a loser fear of that type of thing is pretty much driven everything I did in college for four years and the lowest point in college was when uh, I had written up on my board for four years like become an all-american become an all-american do all this and the lowest point was when everybody was clapping that I had become an all-american because then it was like you, you don't have that distraction anymore. You had just spent all of that time. You don't have the excuse to why you hate yourself. You don't have the excuse to why you're doing all this because it's gone, you know, like you, you got it. And now it's like, you got it and you still hate yourself. And now you don't, you don't have that excuse anymore. And one of the things that you said is like, that I think is super powerful is being the examples for people because- I think that is one of the things, that when I talk to a lot of athletes, they, they're about this. It's like they're scared to lose the edge. They're scared to lose like that that drive. That like it's like okay, if I get to that point of awakeness, if they get if they get there, like do do I can I not grind anymore? Can I not push as hard as I did anymore? And I feel like having the examples for people to be like, yes, you can, you, like you can, or if you can't, it's because you you don't want to anymore, you know. And if you don't want to that's probably better for you. And you're going to be able to take that energy and put it into something that you want to do anymore. Whereas like, I, I cause I, I also see so many people trapped in their sport. It's just like, they're no, like, I know, I know so many people that hate football or hate basketball and they're professional or college basketball players. Like it, it's their entire identity. It's everything they do. They're trapped in it. Like they're trapped in it. They know they can win it. They know they're good at it, but they hate it. And they feel like they have to spend all of their energy doubling down on reaching the next level of something that they hate. Or is that something where if you got to that, that state of internal peace, understood what you're doing that person could just leave just be all right with leaving and then taking that same amount of energy into something that they truly love or are truly passionate about
1: yeah absolutely absolutely they could pursue something which is obviously a better fit for them on a level that they may not understand yet you know and hey if it's not if they find that for some reason it was just that their process was hard and they'd never they'd never experienced a harder process like going out and doing a different job or trying something else like you're better off knowing that and then coming back with the flame up the ass that you've just had to realize that you were in a good place and then you and you know so like you win that way and equally if you don't quit but you sort your shit out and you keep going or if you take just enough of a breather to sort your shit out and then come back you no longer have the friction and that's the huge part for me I feel like so much energy is wasted being in internal conflict man it's like Mm -hmm. such a like the amount right now, for example, the amount I can fill my day with and how happy I can be and how how much I can push outside of what I've normally done versus the energy that I feel I'm expending. It's like it's effortless compared to days that I used to have where I was fighting myself. I was pushing up. I was barking up the wrong tree because I was doing things I hated, thinking that I needed to get to the next level of them. I felt like I get halfway through the day and be fucked. <laughs> and I, I and I hadn't really done all that much so like that's a thing and when you push through that thing I also think that that state of like internal conflict the cognitive dissonance between like I know that this isn't right for me but I'm going to do it anyway not just hard but not right for me when you keep doing that it shows up in your body man like as inflammation, it shows up as oxidative stress it shows up as like no, I'm not going to listen. I'm not even going to have a dialogue. I'm not even going to invite the slightest bit of conversation with my body because I'm so scared of what it's going to say. Mm. And, and then for some reason, out of the blue, you end up with some fucking major health issue, even though you're you're, you're an elite performer. Suddenly you're absolutely cooked. And it's either mental health, it's digestive health. It's like physical, but it's going to show up or, or your relationships are all shit that's an injury, man, we need relationships, we can't survive without those. That's an injury to a limb. So
0: (laughs) yeah, well, and that that that's, I think that takes me into like, one of my favorite quotes that you were talking about is like, pain is not this like damaged, bad thing, pain is kind of your friend directing and giving you information on what's happening with your body. And like you said, it's like a lot of times, it's like we were unwilling to feel the, the, the small day to day pains that are like these warning signs, like, hey, either something mentally or psychologically or mentally or physically is going on here, whether it's like an ache in the elbow to, like you said, you get to halfway through your day and you're like, man, this ain't fucking it. Like, and we we all know that. Like, we get to points where we're working on, we're like, this, we know, we know it's not it. We know, we're like, man, this is, I'm drained from this. And I've worked 14 minutes on it. Like, I feel like I've spent 14 hours on this thing. Um, yeah. And so like, it's like this this psychological pain, this physical pain that we are ignoring on the front end that is providing information to us like the the psychological and spiritual side it's like hey dude I'm giving you information straight up that you shouldn't be doing like let's go in a different direction let's branch out this is this isn't it for you and physically obviously you you have the breakdowns and we're doing something wrong we're doing something too much whatever it is but we're ignoring this information that is being provided to us as like handed to us on like a silver platter of like here's information like pay attention to this we ignore it because we don't want to go there. Like you said, we're, we're, we're scared of what that information is going to tell us. We're scared of what that information is going to force us to change if we actually listen to it. Um, and then it just comes in at the end. Like it, we're just we're taking this huge debt out. And like you said, at the end, it, it comes up. But I, the, the thought process and the, the philosophy, and I think it's such a huge philosophy shift that pain is not bad. It, it, it's this injury that is or not injury. Um, It's this information that is being provided to us. That, that philosophy shift in itself, that seed planted in itself is, is a goldmine for how you live the rest of your life because it forces you to pay attention to those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what, what you're working with then is what is, right? So pain is a part of your experience and you're seeking to become anti-fragile by becoming better because of the pain, by working with the pain to solve the problem. And the pain is saying, hey, I'm just an alarm system but you may want to look at some problems that you may have. It doesn't mean you're fucked. It doesn't mean that, that, you know, heaps of us have wear and tear on our bodies and we're not in pain. And then some people are in huge amounts of pain and their bodies on scans aren't really that bad. So the pain is just saying, Hey, figure this out. And if you can have a healthy relationship with pain, where it is this dialogue, then it will start to guide you. And there's a difference too, between being just so afraid of pain and listening to pain. So like, Being afraid of listening to your body and persisting is inefficient. Knowing your body because you've had different types of pain and you're aware of the sensations and you're engaging with those means you can choose which ones to push through because sometimes we do have to push through shit. But you're not going to push through something that's like toxic to push through. You're going to push through the necessary resistance or the necessary discomfort of actually changing your body, changing yourself. But unless you open up that doorway of like, hey, what is pain? How can I learn from it? How is it different from discomfort? Like, what is this world of like listening to the body? Then you you never get to benefit from that. You 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 have no yeah. You don't know which one to stop with, which one to start with. You, you just you have to keep going with all of it or stop with all of it. And most people when they realize that they have to listen to their body because they have been afraid for so long and they're then willing, well you're still starting at the bottom. It's better, but you don't have any tools. You don't know how to
0: listen. It's like Swahili. You don't know how to speak to your body. So just start now. <laughs> and so this this has me thinking. And then what I've been thinking, I would love to know your kind of approach to this what how do you handle so is we've kind of we've kind of talked about athletes like athletes of yourself in the past and in myself in the past where we've ignored all signs from the body um but you you just touched on a point of where like sometimes you're gonna have to push through sometimes you're gonna have to go through and now you get to pick and pay attention uh and one of the things that you see sometimes is an athlete that is way way too hyper aware it's like they are uh, not unwilling but it's like I guess a lot of it's the philosophy that pain is bad. So they're just going to avoid all of it. But I've had athletes that are so, so internally driven. They they, they pay attention to such like minute details that they can't like they, they're so internal that they can't do anything external, but their goal is external, like they, they want to eventually do something external. So you have the athletes on my end where it's all external. We, we pay the internal price and we don't really, we never pay attention to anything internal. And then you have the athletes that are so internal that they're, they're, they're so on the like, the the molecule side that they can't produce anything externally and and so like they're both kind of stuck we pay for it on the back end they pay for it on the front and not being able to do what they want so in your journey of becoming more internal in your journey of paying attention to driving people to become more internal have you have you folk have you ever had that athlete or that experience where you need to push them to be more external or use that internal awareness to create something externally like like what's kind of your process with a hyper aware athlete in quotations
1: yeah, man. So I, my first answer, and I can probably dive into this more. In the, I'm going to think about that more and how I would approach it. It's been quite intuitive so far, but I would say they're both dealing with a shit ton of friction. It's just one of them is more conscious of that friction than the other. Mm-hmm. And either of them are really operating on the, on the best level where there's like um, flow and conscious chosen struggle. You know what I mean? Like, if that athlete who is hypersensitive and actually they're fine, their body's okay. Like if they were able to choose struggle, they could alchemize or transmute that into gold. It's like, let's say you're doing a horse stance or something. You're just holding this low wide squat for fucking three, four, five minutes. And you're just suffering. There's no, like, if you know what your body, if you really know what your body's doing, if you really are that sensitive, Then you know the difference or you should know the difference between, oh, no, I'm bottoming out in my hips and I'm ripping off my cartilage compared to like, oh, no, this is my quads hurting because I'm holding a fucking horse stance. So if you really are that sensitive, you know, and once you know, you can be like, well, I'm not going to get better by not doing it. I'm going to get better by doing it and then relaxing into that discomfort and realizing that I'm not the discomfort and I'm the complete captain of my ship and I can go as far as I choose to go. And then afterwards, I can have another dialogue with my body.
0: I I, I really like that answer because that that, that is something that you, you put in the words of kind of what I've been thinking, but it's just another form of disconnection. Like you said, like it's it's not actually being high, it's a, It's almost another excuse to be like pretend like we're connected yeah. but it's like no like you said like if you did know like you'd be able to make the decision and go back and forth that that, that i really like the way you formulated that it's, it's another form of disconnection from the body just externally shown a different way
1: yeah it's like if you have a partner like a, a romantic partner right and like every time they say something you're like oh no you're gonna leave me <laughs> like ah. <laughs> It doesn't make. It, it just means you. It just means you're really not. You're not managing that dynamic very well. You know, like they should be able to speak. They should be able to say, "Hey, I don't like you." Like, or well, maybe that's pretty deep. But hey, what, <laughs> what, what, Joe? Like, I didn't like that. The tone of that was off. Can we? Can we not? Can we discuss how we can talk to our friends instead of you being a dickhead to Joe? So it's like you discuss it with your body. You don't just you don't have such an open mind and such open ears that you just like go with the whims of what you're feeling um, but nor are you completely wearing earmuffs muffs. the most expansive the most impressive place is to be able to hear it all notice it all feel it all and at the same time choose your agency choose your response and then you're in the realm of like the enlightened yogis or whatever man you know Which is probably the same thing as the enlightened athletes, which is the same thing as anyone who's like even remotely on that path, like you don't want to turn a blind eye to anything, it's like bring all of it on, but I'm just not going to be like, under any illusions if I have the choice to, to, to see what's real.
0: Yeah, that, that earmuff example that that was freaking good that i like that one that's a good one you gotta write a post on that one that's keep right there it's <laughs> a good one mm-hmm. so one of the other things that you, you talk about that i really want to uh, touch with you is the bouncing and rotational movement and i kind of want to take you down that pathway uh mm-hmm. and how you kind of want to go about training this but also like you, you talked about like flowing in and out of relaxed positions um and It's not like this muscular stretch like I used to be all about like squeeze everything compress everything as hard as humanly possible and it was my only movement solution to every single movement problem I had and for few select movement problems it was helpful but most of them, it was a terrible, it was terrible. Like it was a terrible, I had to try so much harder to answer these movement problems than everybody else around me because I only had one solution. And then I just continued to triple down on this solution and just taking one step back, couple steps back and be able to work some of these um, relaxed positions. The the ability to, I, I talk about the ability to transition, the ability to flow. And it, you get into these like woo woo states because you can't track it necessarily on like a bar, but it's like, yeah but how is the athlete moving and feeling like because as soon as i start doing this stuff i moved and felt way better and i performed at my sport significantly better and i trusted my body significantly better so can you kind of talk about that that elasticity that 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 the ability to flow the ability to relax through movement can you kind of talk about your overall philosophies with that and then also practically towards the end can we kind of dive into how you practically uh, use these type of things like how you are programming in a sense these these type of movements for the coaches that are pretty stuck in the uh, just lift a barbell more kind of thought process.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like what I see is that there's moments of tension and relaxation in any athletic movement, and if we're fully tense all the time, as you mentioned, you used to be, as I definitely was as well then you don't you're so tense you're doing so much work to contract and to compress and to wrap muscle to bone or whatever like whatever kind of feeling you want to describe it as that you can't listen you can't be responsive to your environment because you're you're too busy if you can't be responsive to your environment your athletic potential and your problem solving potential as a human being in life whatever pursuit you're in it drops really really low and you're really tired because you're so tense all the time so having moments of tension and relaxation is the hallmark of someone who knows how to carry themselves in the gym or in life or in competition or in relationships. Like you can let loose and then you can have a moment. Like, let's say it's throwing a punch. I'm not, I'm not an expert boxing coach and all that shit. Like, I just like to move and figure this out. But there's a moment where you need to kind of tense up and become a very, very hard object when you're hitting something. But on the way there, or perhaps as you're moving, you need to be fluid so if we go, we'll start with the more like philosophical and we'll zero in, then what you're training is the capacity to go from how you want to change things, the world and yourself to, oh, I'm just flowing in what I already am. And in a movement and in life, you're flicking between be different, change this, get out the way, and it's all good. Sprint, recovery, sprint, recovery, sprint, recovery, which means sustainable sprints and sustainable recoveries, which means not burning out and also not being a wet blanket. And then you go beyond that and it just starts to become, well, okay, it's about listening. So when I'm jumping off a box, it's about knowing the moment where ground contact is happening. Or if knowing in my head is too slow, then I need to just feel it and respond with my body, with my hind brain. I'm not going to analyze jumping. Like if i'm analyzing jumping it's probably because i've forgotten how to jump and that's not really a good thing so let's not aim to analyze it let's only do that if we have to fix it so you jump you're soft enough to begin to feel the moments of impact you do that a few times you're like okay now i know when i have to tense and become a spring i've got to become an inflated tire that goes off the ground and so at that moment when you hit the ground when you've gone from like relaxed to as much tension and reaction as possible i just want to make sure that i have that collision in a right in the right position for me like not the textbook knees out position but like what do i both need to be able to access positionally speaking and what's already a good position that i can manage this in so that i'm like moving towards optimal but I'm not driven by optimal. I'm driven by like how my body is and like how anti-fragile it can be. And this is why I fucking love your training, man. What I see on your Instagram, you're getting people like jumping, rolling, falling. Like, it's just, it's so good. Um, And how I programming it, how I program it is very, very individual because I'm working with gen pop mainly, or I'm working with like aspiring movers, but I'm not really working with like, um, I'm not in strength and conditioning. I'm not working with teams. So I have the luxury of being like really, really, really adaptive with like who I'm working with. I've got the time. Um, so I just, if they haven't done much of that, I give them a little bit. If they've done heaps, I watch how they move. I ask them what their programmers look like and I give them a bit more. And that's it.
0: That, that well the one the one thing that i just wrote down is if you have to analyze how to jump it's probably because you forgot how to jump made me laugh that was funny like that is the 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 whole like old twitter better behind it but one of the things that i want to talk about is that you talk about the punching but so many so many aspects of sport when you when you watch it when you actually watch it it, it's so eye-opening it's not this squeeze answer like you said it's like i watched some of the best i'm really into like slow pitch softball and i watch some of the best swingers in the world and it's like this most relaxed like fluid like they look like a rubber band rubber band the whole time and then there's one moment of, like compression and then they go through and i'm like wow that is so much different than almost everything that we train in quotations um mm-hmm. you, you go to climbing mm-hmm. like climbing is one of the craziest ones you, you see it's like so much position and you need to have tension in certain lines and uh pulls in certain lines it's not you try to muscle up anything past like a v3 and there, there's no way you're going to be able to do it like you you need to hold the tension in a certain way you need to relax at certain points you need to hold at certain points and the balance between that and it's such an eye-opener watching really high level elite climbers it's never the big jacked muscular guy not that they don't have muscle but it's like you look at it, i'm like man that is a different level of strength that is a different level of knowing their body and wrestling was one that was really cool too because i had a i trained this guy gecko wrestler that was uh what was he he was going for the olympics at 135 or 145 pounds something like that and i'm 240 pounds and i've never been picked he was showing me some of his moves i've never picked up been picked up easier in my entire life like this dude's 130 or 145 pounds and would pick me up like i'm a feather i'm like man That is like such a different ability of knowing how to use your strength and knowing when to use your strength and knowing how to use my strength and my body and my leverage against me and for you. And that is such a like, it's such a, I always, I I just geek out about that thought process of movement. And it's so cool looking at it. And it's so obvious if you just look at like the athletes in front of us, like you jumpers in what you're talking about. And then we just ignore it. We just throw it all out. And we're like, in our training programs, we never touch on it. We never talk about it. And it, it's because there's a little bit of mystery there, I'm sure. And it, it's a, probably a little bit like, oh shit, I don't know what that is. I don't want to go there. Like, bu- nope, not going to, I'm not, not going to put my hands on that. That's a little bit too stressful. That's a little bit too out there for me. But it's like, man, you see it over and over and over and over again in all these sports. And then we we never work with any of it. We never we don't even talk about it. Like you and I having this conversation right here. Ninety nine point nine nine percent of college strength coaches would are turning us off because we're we're talking about the woo woo side of strength conditioning. But it's like we're preparing. This is what we're preparing our athletes for. And not even to mention I'm gonna draw it back out and then I'll finish my rant. Sorry, but drawing it back out to General pop, it's like I once I started implementing this stuff and and I haven't got a ton into like even the breath work, but just rolling falling crawling climbing moving my rib cage in different ways I went from and it was for the longest time from 16 to I believe it was 23 or 24 whenever I started to implement this stuff at least once a month, I would have my back pain would like re-flare up and I would be stuck in bed and i like not be able to move. And like you said, the leg would collapse and I would just be stuck. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I got to a point in which I had accepted it and I knew how to get through it. I would just basically stay at home that day, not move. Or like you said, like the hunchback walk to everywhere to try and get places. I'd have sandals. So I didn't have to tie my shoes. I would do that. And I started implementing this stuff and I've never never had those issues. Like never, so you even had to drop back into like how the body moves implementing some of these things and i just feel like there's so much power there for both athletics and and just general pop and just how you feel and the health of you and we we just ignore it because uh, i feel like right now it just can't be measured like there's no metric that we can sell people on in the sense of like uh, a vert mat or a, a how many pounds he's lifting so we just totally throw it out and ignore it and call it woo woo wee yeah, man, that's
1: like saying I don't know how to measure what's going on in someone's brain when they're driving a race car, so I'm just going to pretend there's no fucking driver. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's like, uh, if okay, so first off, I reckon that, that a big part of this is breaking the body down into being able to move segments and dissociate segments or use it as one piece, but to really use it as one piece, you kind of have to know the segments too, right? Like if you don't know what's happening in your rib cage, then you can't really connect your scaps and your hips like there's a huge piece missing so to connect everything you need enough awareness of like the parts and more so if you've been injured and something hasn't been working because I think there are some like naturally talented movers and athletes who just they just have it man you know they've just got that x factor they can just move so I think it is teachable to a degree and I want to it's it's our responsibility to figure out just how teachable it is and to try and teach it better but equally everyone starts different and then even within that so like if we look at the spine in segments we're still looking at one layer and we're still looking at like chopping the body into these slices and kind of saying all right that's l that's l5 that's this that's that that's my first rib but then there's also the the deep to superficial way of looking at layers and segments. And so I think this is what we have to look at more. And this is when this is when the woo starts to come in because it becomes really hard to measure. Like you're measuring the relationship between different layers of tissue in a human from bone to white tissue, to red tissue, to skin, to like, you know, all of the different sensory organs. And obviously we don't have the tech really to do that. Part of me says, thank God we don't have the tech because we need people to understand it for themselves directly because it is within their own skin. But that's where like, if we're climbing, if I can feel, all right, let's say, let's say we can't activate fascia by itself, because I might learn more about this, but it seems like, you know, fascia, for example, is part of all movement, you've got connective tissue that's, it's being moved, but maybe you can't isolate it, you could still be aware of that layer, though, I think, even if you can't train it, so you can be aware that if your foot's on one hold, You're reaching for this other hold. You can be like, okay, that feels like a good bony alignment because I can relax my muscles a bit and I don't go anywhere. It feels like there is this sense of tension or stretch going through the body, which is going to give me some passive support. And it feels like I'm not doing a whole lot muscularly to to make that happen. So maybe I'm leveraging my bones and my connective tissues a bit more right now, which means I can like soften can breathe a bit. All right, cool. Got it. I'm holding next move. I'm going to have to have a moment of crazy tension. It's all going to be muscular. It's time to rip. And then I'm like, okay, but that muscle isn't enough. Cause like you said, man, you can't just muscle through something that's like a really hard climb. So then you're like, okay, well, now that I know there's a bony layer and I know that there's this passive passive tension because I've released the muscle, I've released the superficial. Now I can be like, okay, here's bony, his soft tissue, his muscle, his intent, his emotion. We're going to use it all to get this next fucking move that's like this big reach. You know what I mean? Every single layer of the human being comes together to to make that
0: happen and and, and that's where I feel like I mean, climbing is a great example. But why? movement problems like that are so important because the only way to solve the movement problem is to integrate all of those aspects and pay attention to all of those aspects and that's where it's i I find such value in allowing the athlete to feel these things and and go through these things in a way in which i'm i'm not forcing them to because i I feel like a lot of times when when you're forcing them to do that like one they're, they're just not if you're not almost forcing them in a constraint way. If you're just telling them hey do this do this they're not aware enough like a lot they don't even know what you're saying and then they're just going to tell you yeah okay yep yeah whatever you know like you're not really getting to them but you tell them to go climb or you tell them to solve a movement problem that requires all of these aspects of integration and and paying attention to their body it, it's really cool to give them that freedom to go through that and and then have the discussions afterwards which is something cool it's like what'd you feel there what was going on there How like what worked that time that didn't work last time and those movement problems can be such a cool like conversation starter for what they feel in their body what they feel in their mind when they're moving their body that certain way uh one of the things that you mentioned that like the fight-or-flight response um finding movements in which movement problems in which they enter that fight-or-flight response and they didn't realize it uh i think isometrics is a really great example of that too if, if you find a compromised position or they've been there uh, you, you hold something for two to three minutes and they get to a point and it's like, they just start freaking out and they lose their breath. They, they can't handle it. It's like, okay, what's going on there? Like, where was your awareness? Where were your thoughts there? Um, but I, I, think it's, it's such a tool. And I feel like the tool again for, to plant the seed of the philosophy of what we're talking about, because once that seed is planted, then the athlete can go and take it for the rest of their life and go implement this in their movement practice for the rest of their life. Uh, But you have to open up, you have to find a way to open up that conversation and and have a reason for that seed to be there in the first place. And I feel like those movement problems, such as climbing, is such a good way to do that with the athletes.
1: Yeah, like the ideal setup is not one where you're having to try and like dive into this... you know you're sitting down on a plush couch and you're like tell me about your thoughts man like you're in the gym so you can just have the environment do that you can just set up a constraint which forces people to solve more complex problems and then they become not only like a better problem solver which means they can use that skill in life and in their sport but they also become a better leader because they know how to they know how to get themselves out of more complex binds like you know so yeah i'm with you man but Where possible, if we can just create environments which kind of force people to to do this um, and give them, like, I guess, steps on the ladder so that not everyone has to try, like, start with some super complex, super hard problem. You got easy climbs at a climbing gym. You got hard climbs. Same with a gym. You want to have some things maybe it's like jumping over some hurdles or doing some roles, you've got degrees of safety and degrees of risk that someone can progress through. But ultimately, it's awesome if the environment can just hold that process.
0: And, and what are I guess, as getting practical, are there tools that you use that you feel like maybe not a lot of people are aware of, or that that, that you just use that you want to talk about that do build out that environment for people? I, I feel like one of the things that I'm thinking about is like the rings aspect that that you do and a lot of the gymnastic course that you do, I feel like that that's another great example of it because you have to be so you have to pay attention you have to be pretty internal for a lot of the movements that you're showing um but are are there things like that that you're implementing with your with your clients to to provide them that environment that that maybe aren't traditional in a sense
1: yeah well honestly I find that it kind of happens when you um you kind of have to you kind of have to take the equipment away Mm. as well as giving them the equipment it's like if you just have these like nautilus machines or you know you've got your pec decks and all that like for someone who knows their body really well there's a there's a time when when that's going to be invaluable um but for other times you need to have like no equipment so someone just has to figure out what their body is the rings are a great example as you say of both because they're minimal but they're kind of chaotic too like they'll do crazy stuff. If you don't understand where like gravity is, where you are. Um, so I use the rings a whole lot. Um, partly also I have like biases because I'm traveling or um, like right now, I don't really have like a proper home gym setup, but normally I like to have sleds. I like to have ropes. I like to have barbells and just use them in like as many ways as possible. Like the traditional lifts, and then some of the old school stuff, rounding the spine, flexing the spine. So the ideal to get all of that, like all of the qualities is probably like a martial art, though, I reckon. To have if you can manage a moving opponent slash training tool. Um, then you're also watching another human being and you're managing like your state versus their state. You're breathing, they're breathing. Are they tired? Is it time for me to like take advantage? Are they smaller than me and I'm going to break their arm if I fall on them? Okay. Well, this is different. Are they huge and they're going to like break my wrist if they fall on me? Okay. That's different. That's probably the pinnacle, but the more you go towards these really potent tools and environments, let's say parkour or swinging on trees like Tarzan or, climbing an actual rock or fighting an actual human, the more there has to be a lot of self-awareness to manage the tools because they're beautiful. They're the best, but they're super potent. Mm. Um, So it varies for me. I don't give people tools they're not ready for, but I always want them to be able to use better tools. And ideally for them to be able to like access those tools, whether it's like the place or the rings or whatever, because I don't want them to have to have like a world-class training facility in order to feel like they're crushing it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know. oh yeah that i like i like that the, the exposure to tools and the martial art piece i think is is one of the biggest things too it's like that dance that dance with another human that is trying to basically kill you like it teach you teach you so much about, about your own body and about your other body and uh how to use somebody else's body and it's wrestling was a big thing when i when i was a wrestler um it's such an exposure such an exposure of everything like okay you just lifted all of the heavy weight and then that dude just tiny dude just like used your body against you and took you down and you had no idea. Like there were so many times where I wrestled, there was, there was a really, again, he was another small guy, but he's a state champ. And I wrestled him as a joke all the time. And like the amount of times I would fall, like he had taken me down. and I didn't even know what happened. I was like, man, like <laughs> the dude just like used my own body weight against me. There was never, there was never any big like contact or any big punch or anything like that. It was just, like, before I knew it, I was on the ground. I was like, wow, that is such a cool Cool ability yeah. to kind of use somebody else's energy and, and know how to use your own energy and when to use your own energy um, to, again, solve the movement problem at hand of, of taking the person in front of you down. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally.
1: And like, if someone needs to operate on that physical level, because they're a wrestler, or, or even if it's just that they want to, because it's like an awesome way to train and practice, then that's probably what I would go to. But then there's also like, okay, well, how do I give that, how, how can I try to give as much of that experience as possible to someone who's like, maybe like 50 or 60 and has a few injuries or is like a kid. And then, then it gets really interesting. You're like, okay, well, what are they getting? They're getting like this, this a little bit of chaos. They're having to react and observe themselves and another human being. They're getting put in positions that are not what you would ever see in any textbook of like, you know... <laughs> traditional lifting mechanics it's like fuck that you can create i know that like there are probably more and less efficient positions on average but if you're if you're a good wrestler you need to be like as beasty as possible as in as many places as possible right so then then we i might use like an odd object like a some kind of some kind of dead ball It might be kettlebell stuff that's like a little bit off center and there's momentum and there's like, there's a sense of rhythm. So there's just more variables than like pull this in this direction and then put it down. But I I still, man, I love barbell stuff. So I'm, I'm just going, I'm thinking out loud right now. But no, no, no. no like, well, that
0: made me think it was like kind of yeah. using the tool, the main tool to develop other tools. And I feel like I do that all the time, man. Like, it's like, I okay, my like- main, my main, my main thing is here, what I want to work with, but I can grab 19 million things to regress, progress, uh, or just yep. steal like certain aspects of it to like what I want to do um, to where like, you don't have to, to wrestle like you said, like i I don't have to have you full on like suplex somebody else to go through, but we can work on some sort of grappling thing or like uh almost like a shadow wrestling thing to where you guys it's it's like I we talk about like the tempo wise when we're grappling and working some of our contact prep. We'll do like uh okay, this is more of a, a dance. So and I call it a dance just so it's like you you are you are flowing a little bit more, you're gonna but you're gonna let them get in. And then this one's a little a little bit more of a fight and, and you have different tempos there um to try and simulate the the tools and create new tools without having like without using the potency like you mentioned before of suplex that guy it's like okay yeah like yeah i probably can't have that happen all the time at the gym that's probably not gonna be super great for one client retention and two uh injury rates so i, I think that's a big piece yeah
1: yeah man <laughs> and and this is where it's the same thing like even uh even getting creative getting creative is a tool going off the beaten track is a tool. Like it's a, it's a perspective tool, but then to be able to make it like effective as well and safe and not just like a a faff around, which is impotent or like too potent, you just have to know bodies and you've got to know movement. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Like the more, you know, the less, the more, the more, you know, the more you can do with less tools. And that, that I think should be our goal and the goal of the people that we're training and if we have the access to the tools, let's let's use all of them. Like let's let's do it because it's fun. But ultimately it's more of that teach yourself or teach a man to fish so that you can apply your body to any environment and get something productive from that interaction.
0: Hell yeah. Okay, before we go, what what's the next rabbit hole you're diving in? Maybe it's the next six months, maybe it's the next year, maybe it's tomorrow. Like what what do you feel like is is kind of the next move? I saw a little bit about your trying to create a healing space maybe that's it what's kind of the next thing that you're trying to get into or or pursuing so I'd, i'd really love to do that at some point and i was kind of thinking about that but then i'm also like
1: i could probably just cultivate myself a little bit more my health keep expanding on my training maybe create some some content more with more flow by like getting someone to help me edit and i can just like pump out whatever's going on so i don't know when exactly that will happen but it's on the radar The the big rabbit hole for for training or for practice is so there's it's it's right on that cusp of like the woo right now. It's like (laughs) I'm keeping all just the strength work and all that, but what I'm what I'm interested in is like how I can the martial and healing path of like energy work. And this is gonna for sure some people be like, oh, and other people are gonna be like, Oh no, we've lost him. We've <laughs> lost Austin and Jack to the to the other side. Um, but nervous system regulation is the is the common more more digestible way of talking about it, right? Where like you and I can regulate one another's nervous system. Like if you're super stressed, then I'm gonna feel that. If you're super relaxed, I'm gonna feel that. And so we teach or transmit or coach or heal by setting that example with our own being which is why it's hard to learn from like a coach who's just like stressed and way overweight and weak. But some people, it's like, you can just be around them and their presence, their energy, their vibe is like, oh man, I'm like learning just from standing next to this guy. So I want to dive into that quality and how to cultivate that quality so that I can like heal and teach and explore my own body on a, on a, on a more integrated and kind of like kind of deeper layer, I guess. And I see some really cool stuff in martial arts. Um, And you hear these stories and I've met a couple of, of people who can like heal, you know, someone has this crazy tendonitis issue and they kind of put their hands on your forearm and they talk to you a bit and then it's fucking gone for months. Like it's just gone. And I wanna know what's real and what isn't there. I wanna like I wanna be able if there's something there, I wanna be able to do it. And yeah, so you can only explore what's real and what's fake and if you actually get into it and play with the parts and get some skin in the game.
0: Oh fuck yeah. Well you better tell me when you have that. Oh, you, you mentioned people like that. Um, but Dr. Tommy John was the first person that I met, like in person where I met him and it was like I was sitting next to him. I'm like, dip doesn't matter what you preach bro like it, it, it's you like it, it's you it, it the methods the the thought process everything your philosophy is great but sitting in a room with him like i, I was there for eight hours one day and I, it felt like 10 seconds like it was incredible it was, it was insane like i had never met somebody that was just spilling energy into you and i was like when you said that i was like that was the first person that came to mind i was like i was sitting in that place and i was like that hey, you never want to leave like and there's never any boredom there's never anything it's like that dude you can preach whatever you want like you are the healer there in the sense of, and i know how woo that sounds but when you sit next to those people and, and you talk to those people you're like oh, there's something different here there there's there is almost like an enlightenment enlightenment piece that they are at um that is truly truly hard to describe unless you unless you feel it or have felt it and that that's that's something I've definitely been interested as soon as I met him I'm like I gotta I gotta cultivate my life uh in a way in which I can do that for other people because it, it was one of the most eye-opening experiences for me yeah yeah man
1: that's where it's at I reckon and I've I've had a couple people like that too where um I've, I've spent a weekend with them and or like and I've just come away with like um it's like an osmosis it's not just the tools they've given me like Juan comes to mind. I tagged him in a a few of my things. He's he's a a guy I consider to be a a teacher and I really like admire as a human being. Um, He is like, he offers you tools, techniques, practices, like rings stuff, uh, different body work, different ways of moving with partners, all of this. Um, And then like shadow work, journaling to go with it, like around your training. But then also like, I come away from, from learning from him. And it's like, I've just got this, it's like, I've just gone into this little box and I can just pull out more and more and more and more out of that box, like lessons upon lessons, upon lessons, gold upon gold, upon gold for months. It's like, it's been packed into a space that's too small to fit it. And yet it fits and it's handed to you. And it's like, Holy shit. That is the next level of teaching. And imagine if you could give someone their own box like that, you could give them a few things, or, or you could even give them a, just a way of approaching things without even giving particular tools. And then they could just keep unpacking that in their life, their career, their training, like,
0: Oh, that that that's the seed I'm looking to plant. But yeah, th- th- this was awesome. Thank, thank you for being on this. This is everything I was hoping it would be. Thank you. Uh,
1: likewise, man. So glad we got to catch up. Like I've, I've drawn so much inspiration from, from the way you, you talk and, and post and your work and stuff. So I'm, yeah i'm super happy to
0: share some stuff okay thank you guys for listening keep chopping wood thank you for listening join us next week as we dive down another rabbit hole if you enjoyed the show don't forget to like subscribe and leave a five-star rating follow us on instagram at austin Yoakum to stay updated on future podcast guests keep chopping wood